Welcome, everybody, to episode three of the UESP podcast. I'm your host, Pylon, here, and today we are going to come together to talk about a little bit of sad news, but also some other things going on in the uh, world of the Elder Scrolls. Uh, so with us tonight, we have three fantastic guests. Uh, beside me here, we have Alara. You want to give a wave? Hello. We have Baratron, and we have AKB. Uh, for Hello. anybody who hasn't uh, tuned in before... I didn't even expect AKB to kind of yell out there. That was great. Um, I'm going to go around, just do a little bit of an introduction for all of the people who may not know these faces. So, Alara, can you tell us a little bit about what you do with UESP and about yourself? Okay. So, I do a little bit of everything on the UESP. I um, help edit the wiki. I admin the forum and Discord, do a little bit on the social media, um, advisor of the ESO Guild. So... A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything there. And Baratron, how about yourself here? I am the guildmaster of the um, PCNA UESP. Uh, what else do I do? Sorry, I didn't realize I was going to have to talk about myself. I've been sitting here writing in the in the notes about all I'm going to talk about with Lauren shit. But um... oh, that's okay. Yeah, I just other stuff. I do ESO tweeting. There we go. <laughs> and AKB, how about yourself? I've been an administrator of UESP. I've been with the website for almost 10 years. Oof. It's slowly approaching my 10th anniversary. Uh, I mainly run Twitter, unless it's about ESO, then that's probably Baratron. Uh, I also <laughs> work on Facebook, Tumblr. I'm around our Discord, and I also do the show. Awesome. Thanks for letting everybody know. Coming soon, we will have some nice uh, buffer screens here. So insert here our big news of the week theme. Um, so we're going to be start talking about a little bit of news today. So if you can see on the bar below. Uh, first things up, I just wanted to give a big shout out and thank all of our viewers for following us and watching our show so far. Because at the end of our last episode, we hit the affiliate goals for Twitch. Which, yay! Um, so as you may know, with affiliate comes, uh, emotes and sub badges. So we are in discussions trying to figure out exactly what we're going to be doing there. Um, not sure yet, but if you have ideas, make sure you join our discord, which you can see up there, uh, join in, send us what you kind of, what you would like as an emote on Twitch that you can use to hit all the other channels. Um, and now we also have the subscribe button. So you can see that in the top of the screen there. You can use a Twitch Prime subs if you want to, if you don't want to spend money, but you do have Amazon Prime, you can use your free sub on us there, um, as well as any of the other subs. As I said, the emotes will be coming soon, as long with some other uh, great rewards for subscribing there. Um, AKB, you had another piece of news you wanted to mention. After a very insane number of requests for this and uh, someone basically doing it because I kind of dared them to <laughs> I wonder if they'll mention it in chat who they are uh, we are finally going into beta with our own mobile app uh, for the UESB site you can go on there explore our articles our maps are working on there, which is really cool. Uh, look around the sites. It's pretty, pretty great. I like it. Uh, you can also, I think you can also edit with it, but it's kind of like super early testing. Uh, 
there's a lot more we could do with it, but it's all very exciting that after years of, oh, we want to do this, but it's always been super far on the back burner to finally actually have it in our hands. Yeah. Uh, that said, it will only be Android for the foreseeable future because you, it's a whole thing trying to develop a app for iOS. But for now, we are finally heading into beta for our Android app. Yeah, so it's an open beta right now, which means anybody with an Android device, as far as I'm aware, there may be limitations to which Android devices we can use, can search for UESP Mobile on the Google Play Store, I believe. Is that correct, AKB? That's correct. I'm also just going to post it into chat. Yeah, post the link in there, and hopefully soon my iOS life can actually get access to that app, because that would be fantastic. Uh, but until then, yeah, if you've got a Google device, make sure you give it a test out. See if you can find any issues with it. That is kind of the purpose of an open beta so that you can bug test it for us. Because as we said, there's only one person, I believe, working on it full time, full time. Massive air quotes on that. So yeah, if you can test it out and give us some feedback of what works, what doesn't work, that'd be fantastic. So then in... Elder Scrolls news, uh, we're planning to use this new segment kind of to go around and explain new things that are happening in the universe of the Elder Scrolls. So, Baratron, do you want to give us an update on what's happening in ESO currently? It is currently the Morrowind Celebration event. Uh, for those of you who don't already know, there are dailies in Morrowind, and the World Boss Daily and the uh, Daily Delve, which you get from Vivex, both grant you one ticket per day. Now, in order to start these, you actually have to have done the first quest, which is called uh, Divine Conundrum. You have to have done that first that first quest and then read a notice board which says Adventurers Wanted. And as you finish that first Vivek quest and you come down, you know, there's those great steps down from his cigarette, <laughs> you'll see the notice board at the bottom. And you read that notice board and then you just pop into Call of Justice behind you, speak to one NPC there and, and you're done and you can start doing the daily. Uh, the dailies in uh, the Ashlander dailies, they are granting you double reward boxes. So all four of the dailies are giving double reward boxes, mm -hmm. but the Ashlander ones are not giving the event ticket. You'll also see uh, double drops from the resource nodes and double drops from bosses. So, you know, if you want to collect the uh, the War Maiden, the Defiler, and the Warrior Poet sets, you know, now is a great time to do that. Also, along with the various motifs, you've got like the Morag Tong motif, uh, for example, which you can get from those boxes. So, you know, it's a great time to get those. Yeah, be smarter this than me because I went in and I didn't read it, I'll be entirely honest. So, I killed a world boss and I was like, cool, no reward. Okay, so then I ran over to pick up the quests, couldn't pick up the quest. So I was like, well, what's going on here? I can't find the dailies. Because again, I didn't read any of the instructions and I was trying to do it on an alt that hadn't done, hadn't even been to Morrowind yet. So I was picking up all the way shrines as I went. And then it, yeah, I eventually figured it out and have been running that pretty regularly. But that's awesome. Thank you for giving us an update on actually how to do that. Because if this would have been later, I wouldn't have looked like an idiot trying to figure out what was going on for a good hour or so. And for those of you who have um, already unlocked them, but forgot where the Hall of Justice is, <laughs> if you, which was <laughs> the case for me. It's a bit um, hidden. Yeah, it can be hard to find in Vivek. Everything is hard to find it. in Vivek. 
It's just... <laughs> but basically, um, from the Vivek Temple Way Shrine, there is a small stairway down uh, toward uh, Vivek's own ziggurat, and you take a right, and it's the door on the right. It's the opposite one to the library, and you're going to always go to the library first, because it just seems, and then, it, yeah, that's what, I, at least I do. Every time I go in, I go to the library, I go, crap, turn around, run back <laughs> out. Or even I'll try to catch it after I hit the button to enter the library and realize as it's starting to load. And then, yeah, it's always a, it's a big thing with me. Yeah, Temple Way Shrine down the stairs to the right. <laughs> and if you get turned around, there's two doors, right, though? So make sure it's the, um, if you yeah, go I think so. down the <laughs> north one, it's on the right. But if you go down the south one, it's on the left. I've confused uh, everybody so much further. Other way around. <laughs> oh, so yeah, right. Um, so uh, stage is... right, not my right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, now that I've confused everybody else uh, a little bit more, uh, Alara, can you speak to some of the Legends news of the week? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait there's wait. more? There's more. There's more? The event ends on Monday the 18th at 10 a.m. Eastern or 3 p.m. GMT. So you've still, got, you've, got uh, you've still got almost a full day for that. Also, yes, today is the... Today's the last day of the ESO Plus trial, which ends tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, so you've got, you know, a few hours left if you haven't already to sign up and you can get your um, all the crafting items in your inventory and in your bank. You can get those shifted into a crafting bag. Yeah. Which at, is great. At least log in so that everything in your bag just gets siphoned off into the nice crafting bag and you don't have to worry about doing as much inventory management for the next few days. Yeah, you do have to explicitly sign up, I yeah. believe, but there's instructions on the official website for how to do that. So it, definitely go ahead and do that because, you know, even if you don't have, can't afford the um, ESO Plus regularly or you don't play enough for it to be worthwhile, at least get your stuff in the bag. Exactly. And maybe run a dungeon, you know, why not? Yeah, log into some of the, or run into some of the other zones too that you may not have the DLCs for to get the rewards from them. Like I believe if you go to Clockwork City, you get the reward. If you pop into some of the dungeons like Scale, Color, Peak, you just have to go in. You don't even have to run the dungeons to get um, some of the free stuff they give out with those. Um, another point with that too is just as a clarification, I think for people, it's a little bit different from the old ESO plus trials that they've ran and people that are currently ESO plus don't have any reward. It's strictly for people that don't have ESO plus. That's correct. As far as I'm aware, is that right? Yes. It's right. to, it's to make sure that everybody has access to Vardenfeld during the Vardenfeld event. Awesome. Now that we've actually covered all the notes, which I didn't think we did before. Alara, do you want to talk about legends a little bit? Uh, your mic cut out. <laughs> Is my mic cutting out on the video for you guys? Here, I'll see if I can fix that. A little bit. So, uh, yeah, continue the Legends news then. So the main thing that we've heard lately is uh, there's going to be further rewards for placing higher in the rankings. So um, everyone already knows about how um, we get the monthly cards. So um, starting at the end of this month, if you place in the top 1,000 Legends ranks, you get a premium version of that card premium playset rather three of them and then um whoever reaches legend already unlocks the legends card back but if you place in the top 100 you'll get an animated version of it and if you place uh top 10 then there's actually a unique uh card back for that which looks pretty cool yeah that's really cool that they're rewarding the kind of like they're giving a bit more push to get special rewards and like rewarding you if you did something more outstanding than normal which i like is something I'll never get, 
I'll be 100. Me either. I haven't I'm like, even unlocked. I'm like the these look great. One. They're super cool for everybody that's going to actually get it. I am kind of worried about that though because uh, I think everyone remembers the insanity with the Festival of Madness with uh, <laughs> where the, they were really... like when where they re-released a bunch of stuff that was like limited time before that, but then oh hey, you can just have it. Yeah, I. I can see them doing the limited time things, bringing them back, but I highly doubt they're going to like release things that were explicitly had to be earned for only legend players. I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see and if it comes up, but the outrage would just be palatable yeah. at that point if that actually did happen. So I think things that you have to earn generally aren't going to come back, but things that you can buy, but only for a limited time is more likely to come back because people don't like to have to miss out on things. But yeah, it's interesting. I'm just going to switch the screen here for a quick second while I fix my mic for the people here, because I realized it's cutting out and I know why. There we go. Speaking of things that are coming back, there are, some Morrowind items like uh, the Amazing Mushroom House. Again, I believe that finishes at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. So you've got, uh, what is that? I guess it's kind of reassuring. 11 hours? I guess it's yeah, kind of reassuring. If you miss out on a limited time event, you'll maybe get it back eventually. Yeah, there's a chance. You're not completely boned. Awesome. And then, so do we have any other news that anybody wants to talk about from the other games? Uh, I know we've talked, we'll probably talk mostly about ESO and Legends as they're the current games, but how about, is there, I think there was some updates about Morrowind? AKA so someone wrote, so someone wrote a note that says Morrowind Rebirth 4.9 is released, but I did not follow that mud, so I don't know who wrote it. <laughs> And I'm just curious what it is. Yeah, I'm not super sure about that either, but I'm not actually sure who even added that note there. So I think we have a ghost somehow editing our, go- our show notes. <laughs> the show notes have been edited. Um, okay, well, that's good news that they've announced that, the, later, uh, the latest version. And then the project's over once it's done, but we'll make sure to read up more about that, and we'll bring back some updated news next week once we know a little bit more about that topic there. Um, so the final piece of news I do want to bring up is the one that I'm sure most of the ESO community will bring a slight tear to their eye. Um, and that's that Lawrence Schick announced that he will be leaving at, uh, Zenimax Online Studios. Uh, so they formally announced it in a news post where he wrote a very moving letter to the community, um, saying that it wasn't anything, it was no ill will, no bad blood between them. It was more, he just wanted to be closer to his family. Um, so he's working abroad. I believe he said Ireland is where he's off to, which will be awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show. You'll see at the tail end of the show. Um, but we just wanted to update that because that's probably one of the bigger news pieces from Elder Scrolls Online. And a lot of people really liked what he had been doing with Elder Scrolls. So we'll be sure to talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, But for now, we want to move into what we're going to call our scholarly pursuits, which if you are not familiar with the Elder Scrolls Guild in ESO, um, it is the United Explorers of Scholarly Pursuits. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to in the world of Elder Scrolls. 
um, lately. I will start us off for now. Um, I haven't had much time to play as I wanted to. Uh, I was away uh, with vacation with my family over this past weekend, and I've been tinkering around with a new home lab server that I've been trying to get up and running properly. So mostly what I've been doing is the logging in, doing the Morrowind event, looking like an idiot trying to figure out how to do the Morrowind event, uh, getting my event tickets, which I finally got my Indrik, which I was super happy about because it took me a while. And I missed I missed most of like the Clockwork City events because my internet just wouldn't load for a good two months and I couldn't play any ESO. So I was behind on getting my tickets. So I finally got my Indrik and it's awesome. I actually love the mounting animation and I am not sick of it yet, which most people seem to kind of say like, oh, okay, it's cool at first, but then they kind of get rid of it. Um, but I really like it. I'm super happy to finally get my tickets. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Legends, uh, still kind of trying to grind up with my, um, what's my deck? It's my Tribunal deck that it's basically, I've called it Almselvi, um, Exalt deck, that's what I've been using mostly. It's working pretty well until I get to about rank 8, then it's kind of falling apart, I've been noticing, so then I get stuck in Serpent forever, so hopefully I can either build out a new deck that'll get me past rank eight. And if anybody has any tips on what I should be doing past rank eight for decks, everything I've been trying to build has basically completely failed there. So that's what I've been up to. How about you, AKB? I, the only thing like special that I did was I actually ended up playing through each of the main games introduction this uh, last week for various reasons. And it really showed off to me how they hold up and are comparative. And I have to say, I think Daggerfall honestly has the strongest opening sequence because it forces you to learn how to play the game, unlike the, uh, <laughs> say, Morrowinds does, or most of Skyrim's, I would say. It's very tough, but once you learn it, you go like, oh, this all makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, Oblivion's was also pretty good, but it's a bit too scripted and it kind of slows you down. But uh, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart was <laughs> there, but it's awkward because you don't know why he's there. Yeah. Like, he, he's there, but you're going like, shouldn't you be doing something more interesting with your career? And I do remember, though, the first time I played Oblivion, I'm sure the entire reason they had him there was so that people would play, and I was like, holy crap, is that Jean-Luc Picard? I'm pretty sure that's Captain Jean-Luc Picard. And then I, I go and sure, look it up. I'm and... pretty sure the only reason they hired him was so that he could do the trailers. Yeah. <laughs> so that he could go on about the Gates of Oblivion opening. But it, it's an okay opening. Uh, I, would, I would say it's slightly weaker than Daggerfalls. Then I would say it's Morrowind because... At least it doesn't bother you. You do some character creation and off you go five seconds later. Yeah. Uh, the weakest two are by far Skyrim and Arenas. Arenas because it doesn't really explain what's going on. And Skyrim's <laughs> because it explains too much of what's going on. Yeah, it, it's very... I, I think everyone who has played through Skyrim again knows, wow, I can't believe I have to do this twice. <laughs> Would you so here's my one thought though. I feel like I did the Skyrim opening sequence way more times than I did any of the other games. 
Like I restarted a character more often in Skyrim. And I wonder if that soured the feeling for me. Because I, I would agree with that Skyrim was the weakest and you're like, oh, I don't want to be in this stupid cart anymore. So I installed the mods that you could switch it and things like that. But I wonder if it's because when I made when I was playing Morrowind, I remember, I made a character and then like I had like an emotional attachment to that character. And I'm like, well, I can't ever leave anything until I beat the game. And then the same with Oblivion. And then Skyrim, I don't for whatever reason, different stage of life, I was older at the time, didn't really have that same emotional attachment so i redid it over and over and over again so so if you guys want to laugh um skyrim was my first Elder scrolls game and i <clears throat> excuse me i actually rented it back from blockbuster when blockbuster still did still yeah. did rental and my first character in any elder scrolls game anywhere is called prison there was called who <laughs> Prisoner, which is such a cool <laughs> name, because I had my friends around and we were, you know, we were trying out the rental to see if we liked the game. And they were like, oh, come on, you're taking way too long to make your character. And I was like, I want to look right. And they were like, oh, make up a name. I said, I don't know. I don't know what's a, what's a good Breton name. And I assumed I'd be able to change it later. And you can't. <laughs> I, I just think it's amazing. And this is not something I knew that... Skyrim and Blockbuster coexisted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really did. That was how. So my first Elder Scrolls game was Morrowind, and I bought an Xbox, and I wanted, and I bought it so I, could, so I could play Halo, and then I wanted to get a role-playing game that would be fun that I could have magic and things in, and I remember going to Blockbuster and looking on the scroll or looking around the scrolls, looking around the shelves. And saw this one. I'm like, oh, that's a cool cover. I'm going to try that game. I looked at the back of the cover on Xbox and it had magic and stuff. I was like, cool, this seems fun. And then I sunk thousands of hours of my life into it as a teenager at the time, which is crazy. I sunk thousands of hours of my life into Skyrim as an adult, as a proper adult <laughs> in my 30s. Go for that. But yeah, um, now, I mean, while we're talking about intros, there's also the ESO intros. And, yeah, and how many often. of them there are? Yeah, because every time they do a new chapter, they bring out a new a new uh, tutorial. And the best one is still Morrowind, because the original one kind of didn't teach you how to play the game. I um, introduced you to some characters, but you were just sort of going through this really depressing Cold Harbor area and not yeah. really knowing why. The Morrowind one did actually have uh, was it Naryu? Yeah. It was Naryu, yeah. Yes. So Naryu showing you how to how to fight, you know, come on, show me how to block, show me how to do this. And I was like, okay. Um, and then Somerset tutorial, it's way too fast. It, it, it takes a few minutes. I swear it's about 10 minutes. And I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah it wasn't so, quite as memorable to me as the other ones. It's better for if you already know how to play and you just want to get in the world right away, yeah. but I think someone well, new you, to the game... I would skip it anyways. Time. If you've already played, you can just be like, the, I'm level three. Click. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. I, I wonder if I... Thinking about it, because I remember when I played in the beta, the tutorial was terrible. It was didn't make me feel like I wanted to play the game at all. I'm pretty sure they did speed it up. And they like, sped it up when the they released, yeah. Yeah, between, like, the last open beta and release, I think. Yeah. Like and then the Morrowind I really liked, yeah. but it didn't fit the main quest story, which was confusing. But it was, like, a well-done tutorial. It's just, okay, but why am I coming back to life? Was interesting, too. 
if I had to look at them, it's solely because of the color schemes of them. Like uh, the Morrowind and Somerset ones are yeah. fairly colorful, but the Cold Harbor one is bleak, dark, hard to look <laughs> at. It's it's just exhausting playing through it because it's long and super dark and ultimately not really a lot happens that you affect. Yeah. Be very interesting to see what the uh, elsewhere tutorial is going to be. Mm -hmm. I bet it will involve a Khajiit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get any prizes for that one. <laughs> uh, darn. Anything else you've been uh, doing this week there, AKB? Or does that kind of summarize what you've been up to? I've just been playing uh, Skyrim a little bit besides that, but nothing interesting. Awesome. And how about yourself, Baratron? I have been playing a bit on PCEU, oh. going over there because, uh, you know, chance, chance to get the event tickets. <laughs> no, look, listen to me. I'm from the UK. I'm just, I'm just a bit nocturnal. Um, so, yeah, running running uh, world bosses at 3 a.m., there aren't a lot of people around. Uh, so, yeah, because I, I want to at least get the Indrik on EU, even if I don't yeah. get to evolve it. Uh then last night with the UESP Guild on NA, we did Veteran Asylum Sanctorum, or Sanctorium, or however it is, and we got we got apparently we got a high score, and awesome. the high score was was <laughs> ten thousand four hundred twenty nine points, and we used up all thirty six of our lives on the first boss. <laughs> so, so you know, by the standards of actual guilds that go out you know several times a week and do progression and have their you know really really good players that would be laughable but you know for us as a casual guild doing it the fact that we completed in just over an hour i think you know it's pretty good that's awesome and we had some people who had never done veteran before and i think the maximum number of deaths was about 35 yeah. And okay, again, that sounds terrible. For the first <laughs> time we ever ran a veteran asylum, one of our members got 81 deaths. So, you know, we're getting better. <laughs> That's a, trials are one of the things I wouldn't be ESO. surprised if that was like that. It's yeah. a lot harder if you're a melee character. Oh, yeah. Uh, much, much harder that particular trial. If you're ranged, um, you're able to easily... Uh, there's this point where the, the aspect, the final boss, the main boss, kind of jumps from side to side and does these massive jump stomps that will kill anybody, even a tank. And if you're melee, then actually getting to, to the side of the room where it's safer is hard. Yeah, because you've got so, further to move, you were in range, you got to move out. That's always the case, which is a shame. Yeah. But yeah, they I usually do that, more damage. Yeah, that trial was the first one where I finally went, got around changing the color for the damage, because there's oh, one yeah. part of it that glows red, and it kept getting mixed up between that and the area of effect color. So yeah. change it to like hot pink and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, hot pink. I love hot pink. <laughs> just just for damage, you know. You can because yeah. you can always see it, no matter oh, whether yeah. it's snow, no matter whether it's tile, no matter yeah. whether it's grass. You can mm -hmm. see hot pink. Well, most most people can see hot pink. So when mm -hmm. they introduced that custom damage color, that was that was like one of the best things ESO's done. Yeah, trials anyway, have been it. one of those things that I've always wanted to get into an ESO. Like when I played World of Warcraft, I was a big into raiding, progression raiding for the longest time, but I was in university and college, so I had time to do stuff because I could just put off studying and 
wouldn't have to worry about dedicating like eight hours in a night to doing that. And then ESO came at a point where I'm like, I have kids now. I can't really dedicate as much time. So it's one of those things I've got to get into a normal trial just to actually experience it. And then I know I'll just be hooked again and I'll start doing some more trials with the ES- UESP guild, I'm sure. So, And Alara, how about yourself? Um, I've been um, playing Legends, just trying to climb the ranks. Um, right now I'm in rank seven. And um, Congratulations. You've surpassed <laughs> me by... <laughs> by one, yeah. Um, I'm kind of switching between uh, my Rudderon deck, um, modified um, ALS Companions deck, and occasionally, um, I guess, the Talani one. But um, yeah, just trying to move my way up. Um, I did try to start Isle of Madness the other day. I wanted to stream it, but I'm having issues with OBS like <laughs> freezing after the first few seconds. So I still have to try and figure out what's up with that because everything I Google, there's like no answer or whatever people suggest doesn't work. Yeah, so. I have a feeling the same fix we got for Alero to do his stream might work for you. So we'll okay. we'll talk afterwards and I'll see if I can get it set up for you so you can uh, mm-hmm. get yeah, that working. I don't want to... Yeah, I don't want to start Isle of Madness like without you know being able to stream it and yeah. stuff. No, that'll be fun. Yep. So, yeah, so I've been. been... Uh, gone. I was gonna say it's been one of those ones that I've been, I've enjoyed watching uh, like Alero and everybody streaming it. Like it's a, it's got a good story beat to it. So. Yeah, people, is that's a good story. Yeah. I just yeah, eager to. I just get won't into tell it. you what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard some spoilers, but I've been trying to avoid it. Yeah. So um, yeah, aside from Legends, then I. Um, have been just doing pretty much those dailies for Marmot to get the event tickets, but also since I uh, haven't really gone through the zone much yet, um, I kind of skipped that one um, for whatever reason. I was just busy or whatever, but I'm going around and actually doing a lot of those quests and completing these world bosses and delves for the first time because there's actually people there. Yeah, I know it's so easy is, to get in there. Yeah, everyone else is normally on the you know new content. So it's kind of nice. Like this is the perfect time to go around and do it for the first time, do it on alt characters, whatever. So get all your way shrines, yep. which is great. Exactly. Yeah, follow just like click on guild members, and be like teleport to yep. you, teleport to you, <laughs> teleport to you, because they're all hanging out in Morrowind right now. Well, I have the easy travel add-on, so I just have to type you know slash tp Morrow uh, oh, yeah. slash tp Barnfell, and, and it just takes me to whomever. And that's so you have to be for that add-on to work. You have to be in a guild, correct? Like it's a special you have guild to be, for that add-on, right? Essentially, it does the exact same thing as looking at the guild list and yeah. choosing person to support to, but it does it automatically. And so, if you're in five guilds, so much better. Yeah. Okay, that's how it works. I wasn't. I I've been meaning to try it, but I've just never gotten around to it because I was I was confused if it would just use my current guilds or if I had to be part of like a guild for the add-on to do it. So that makes sense that it would just use your current guilds. Yeah. Awesome. Um, another thing we just wanted to make a quick mention of before we move on to our main topic for the night is in UESP news and scholarly pursuits, uh, we've started work on a new Arabic translation of UESP. It's still in its very infancy stage, but if that's something that you're interested in and in getting a full Arabic translation of UESP, that's something that's being worked on right now. So I think that's really cool. We've been working on some other... Um, um, oh, sorry, I'm getting a note right now that Dylan wants it to be known that all of the Arena Town pages are down in the wiki. Oh, man, we got some big news going on there, so breaking news. Um, I don't know what's happening there. So 
anyways, just time to move on. We want to talk about our main show topic for the night. Um, as we discussed in the news, Lawrence Schick is leaving ZOS. We noticed that he's going to work on a new undisclosed project. We don't really know too much about it. Um, but I just kind of want to go around the table here and kind of see what people's first reactions to seeing that news were. It was uh, a big topic in the Discord for a couple of days. So, uh, Alara, what did you kind of first think when you saw that news? I was pretty shocked, I think, as um, everyone was. But, um, I mean, he's brought a lot to ESO. Um, and um, I guess I'm not sure what to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you go on. Baratron, how about yourself? What were you thinking of? Yeah, sad and shocked. I mean, he's uh, been in the... Well, he's he's worked for, for Zos for basically a decade. I think yeah. it's two weeks shy of a, of a full decade. So it's a long time. Um, I did wonder if he was actually retiring, because... If you look him up on Wikipedia, uh, if you if you Google Lawrence Schick, I think it says he's 109 years yeah, old I or think something. So. 119. <laughs> yeah, some, something ridiculous like that. But you know, clearly, he is an older gentleman of gaming, and he's been around a while. So I did wonder if he was was just retiring. But apparently, he is taking another job in Ireland to be to be with his family. So, I mean, it's 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 great that there's not been some huge falling out. Uh, it's. Yeah. And, you know, nobody can be blamed for, for wanting to be close to their family. It's just sad because he's a great guy. And I think the community really, really likes him. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things, too, is it's more of just, like, everybody can understand that kind of reasoning, which is good, too, like, for a like mm-hmm. for the game itself, for people not have to worry about rumors of, like, oh, there's so much drama involved. It's just, like, no, he wants to be with his family. I can completely... If I was in his shoes, I'd leave my job to be close to my family to find something new. So, completely makes sense there. Uh, AKB, you've other than posting the picture eighteen thousand times uh, from the article, how did you react when you first heard the news? How did I react? I mean, here's how I ultimately feel about it. I don't feel like we have a good idea of what he really did for. Max, and I know he did have a lot to do with the lore because of his job title. Uh, there's a few specific things we can point out that he did that, but because of the way that uh, the games industry is, it's hard to pin down a lot of the specific contributions he made to it, which makes it a lot harder for me to feel super sad about it. I'm like, I'm not losing, uh, like, I can't go like, oh, hey, I lost the guy who, uh, wrote most of Sothasil's lines, which I think we actually learned was a different person recently. Tuttle, was it not? Yeah, I think it's something like that. I believe one of the other writers was kind of the uh, spearhead on a lot of that, which we've heard about. And I, I, as someone who wasn't overly familiar with Lauren Shriggs before his involvement, it's harder for me to go like, oh, this is the worst news ever, versus me going like, I wonder just how they're going to shift things up, if at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, for me... Schools... Oh, go ahead, Laura. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the Elder Scrolls lore has um, pretty much since the beginning been, uh, you know, a collaborative effort. Lots of people from, you know, Bethesda and Zas. It's um, not like, you know, with Lawrence leaving, it's going to be, oh, change forever, because we still have, you know, a great group of lore masters. Mm-hmm. So there's that to keep in mind as well. 
Yeah, I think for me, like, I was thinking about it, like, kind of, like, reflecting on it. Because, like, when people leave something that you're very passionate about or move on or things change, you always kind of think about different things. And I think probably for me, it's less that the lore master is leaving that makes me, like, think about it more. It's more that Lawrence Schick is leaving because he was just, like, every time you saw him, he was just a great personality. He felt very genuine. Like, I could listen to him read anything, ever. Like, I would put him above Morgan Freeman on lists of people that I would want to, like, narrate <laughs> my life. Like, it's just, he, you could, like, feel the passion he had for the lore and the things like that whenever he was speaking. And I think it's, it's, it's sad to lose a person like that in any part of your life. Uh, so I can see that there, but it's also not the end of the world. I don't think there's going to be a massive collapse and that lore won't actually matter anymore. Um, but that does bring me to one of the points. I'm going to skip ahead and throw off all the guests in the show notes. Um, I do want to talk about the, actually what happened with the lore master. What Really, what was a lore master? Does anybody kind of want to talk about what they think a lore master did? I have some ideas, but I'm not sure if they're the same of what everybody did. And like... What will that be and what will it look like in the future, do you think? The impression I have is that both Bethesda and Zoss have their own internal wiki. That is, in some ways, like the UESP, only it's official. So we're the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages mm-hmm. and they've got the official <laughs> Elder Scrolls pages somewhere buried deep on an internal server. And as far as I'm aware, the Lawmaster is basically the guy who clarifies everything, makes the final judgment, makes sure that all of the lore is consistent. So obviously they've got a great team of writers. The writers write the stories. And then I believe, I mean, I'm, I'm just, this is all just from what I've what I've read, what I've picked, what I've looked at, uh, you know, from watching the ESO lives. The Lawmaster is the guy who basically goes through it, makes sure it's all internally consistent within what is expected. Because remember that, I mean, Lawrence did make this very clear in his goodbye note that the, um, the ES law is supposed to, in some places, have unreliable law. It's supposed to have law books that contradict because each person who writes the law book, and I'm not talking about the real life writers, I'm talking about the universe, the in-universe writers, are writing from their own perspectives. Um, and so I think that's pretty much what the lawmaster did. Uh, so... Obviously, it's a job that there has to be. I can't see that, that Lawrence is going to leave and not be replaced. So I think that would be very surprising. I have a I think, counter I think belief I remember, to that. Oops, sorry. Well, go ahead, Alara, if you're going to continue gonna say, on I think that. I, remember, I think I remember another thing that they said he did was um, he uh, pronounced every unique yes, like, name and word. Oh and they have like an internal uh, database of all those pronunciations. So all the actors yeah. know how to pronounce it and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was confirmed, wasn't it? One of, oh dear, Gina or Jessica or somebody, somebody mm-hmm. did did tell us that. As, it was as in, the, yeah, it was in the. Uh, I think it was Rich, was it not? In the fi- in the last episode where they the elsewhere reveal the after show, he said uh, that he yes. did that in the after show, saying that Lawrence would just read out all the words when he was trying to explain why he couldn't uh, pronounce the dragon's <laughs> name. That Lawrence oh, yes. would just sit there and yeah. tell him how to pronounce every word before they would go on and just be like, no, you're doing it wrong. Which yeah, I can imagine I, that conversation. I, I actually heard that quite quite a long time ago from... That um, yeah, was a long time ago. Jeremy yeah. Sarah. Jeremy Sarah said um, to, to a group of us, a group of GM. 
Yeah, and I actually did ask once if it was possible to get like access to that for the wiki so that we could put like, you know, official pronunciations and stuff, but it's just an internal thing, so there'd be no way to get it to us. Yeah, they unfortunately. Don't. Yeah. That's okay. We can just listen <laughs> yeah, and try to figure right. it out. Um but so my thought on that is I'm not certain that a lore master is necessarily needed in the current state of the Elder Scrolls online. Um I think when you're working when they're building Elder Scrolls Online, a lore master was needed. They needed that one singular voice that would say, this is true, this is not true, and kind of solve disputes. And also be able to go back and look at the old lore from the other games and make sure that there was nothing that's breaking. But when you have like a stable of writers now that are have been trained by a lore master already who's working on this, there's less need for that individual and more those writers to kind of move in and disperse those duties amongst themselves. And they're now all responsible as writers, less of just a strict lore master, but the writers are now going to be involved in making sure that all of those lore lore decisions are accurate and consistent and going through. So I'm not, I, I doubt there will be a new lore master will be my guess. I don't think we'll see another lore lore master but we'll see the writers taking over that role and you'll see them in the next kind of live shows. And whenever they do the announcements, it'll be just different writers from the team talking about these things that they were doing. Cause there's less need for that kind of direct communication from the past to the present. That's my theory on this. So in each case, there has been a lead writer on his own. Like I believe yes. it was built slavish check for uh Vardenfell, I think. Oh, goodness. Was it Wayne? Anyway, in, in, in each case, you can look at uh, the, the ESO live and they usually get the lead, the lead writer for the zone. And so in each case, I suppose that person is the expert in the law of uh, that particular, for want of a better word, race. Like, for example, the lead writer on um, Hughesbane is probably the expert now on both the Thieves Guild and uh, the Red Guard to some extent. The lead writer on Clockwork City um, is the is the is the expert on on Sothersil and perhaps to some extent the Tribunal. So it's possible that it's it's the role is still there, but it's more dispersed. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. One, it's one of those things. We'll see what happens. Uh... One thing to bear in mind is that um, we have not lost Lawrence. He <laughs> has left Zos. But his influence is going to be there all throughout the next year of the releases. Yeah, it's one of the things, those things have been planned out for quite some time. Yeah, I remember at, um, when we were talking to them at PAX East last year, they said, I think that they had plans for uh, this coming year already and that they're working on next year. So yeah. they're starting to talk about it at that point. Yeah, so there'll probably be a lot of that. And it's also, he'll probably yeah, just still be around every once in a while. You'll hear him pop up and be like, oh, actually, we called up him and asked him a question. And he was happy to answer because he just seems like that kind of person that you'd be able to call up and be like, hey, so we can't remember this. Can you let us know how you pronounce Galugalikabor or something crazy like that when they invent a new, uh, a new zone? Um, the other thing I did want to mention too is the content of the letter that he wrote was kind of a little bit of a discussion topic. I'm linking it in the show notes and I'm going to link it to the chat, uh, right now as well. He kind of summarized and it was a really interesting kind of goodbye letter. And it wasn't just a, Hey, I'm leaving. Thanks for 
being with me for all these years. It's been great, blah, blah, blah. He really dug into what he believed the essence of the lore in the Elder Scrolls is. And it was it was a really nice thing to read. It wasn't too heavy one way or another, but it was it was very much about the unreliable narrator. Um, what did you guys, did you guys get a chance to read through the whole letter and kind of see what he was saying about that? What kind of takeaways did you have from that? I know AKB, I think we were talking about it a little bit, but. Well, my takeaway from the letter was the simple fact that this, the series has always been a product of many, many people that so many people have contributed to it. What the fans wants gets in because that's what they're interested in. Like, we would see content that we want to see. We're not going to probably see The Elder Scrolls Six Argonia because not as many people are going to want that. Uh, that's what I took away from it, that yeah. these people from a different era built this world, then other people took it over, and now other people are taking it over, and now I'm leaving, and other people will take it over from me to build what they want Elder Scrolls to be. And it's going to be a lot of different things to other people, whether you step out of the series because you don't like where it's going or because you have your own vision of what it is in your head, or if you just want to keep imagining your own world more and more, because ultimately the Elder Scrolls will just become each individual's own. Everyone will have their own vision of what the Elder Scrolls is in their head. Very well said. I have literally nothing else to add <laughs> add to that. That's exactly what I was really felt with. It's just great that they he kind of addressed that and kind of not like a I'm leaving. Good luck, everybody. It's more of like no, it's always been the way. It's always been this way, and just people will it'll keep turning. So the final uh, part of this topic that I really do want to talk about is people's favorite moments in lore or moments with Lawrence. And I just want to go around and have people kind of say some of their favorite things. Um, for me, it was basically like just everything that whenever I saw him on camera, I just loved the passion he had for everything that he did. It was just, it was, you could like feel it, which I just thought was great. Uh, Baratron, how about yourself? You, I know you had a few think notes I have, to mention. I have many notes. <laughs> Many notes. Um, if you look at the official ESO website, you'll see Lawmasters archives. There are 44 in, of these in total. And uh, they're generally, there's an introduction and then answering questions from the point of view of various characters. So they're basically all done in role play. And that, I mean, obviously, um, Lawrence's um, background is is from TSR as a as a role play, you know, a guy who wrote role play textbooks essentially. Well, I mean, you know, for, for want of a better word, the, the books that uh, GMs use when they're when they're putting together pen and paper. But that's his that's his background, and he's a fantastic writer. And there are so many of these Lawmasters archives. There was actually a regular feature for the first couple of years, and then obviously as Lawrence got more busy, they weren't able to do it so frequently. But um, you can actually go through them and see how many of the people writing in describe themselves as a member of the United Explorers of Scholarly Pursuit. <laughs> and I think after a while, Zoss stopped including that little bit where people put that they were from the UPSP because I think they were worried we would we would we would see this as oh yes we're canon. Now. 
Um, <laughs> and we do, as Lewis will mention constantly, <laughs> I, that he's been confirmed canon. Here, here's the thing. Uh, we got, I think, one of the last ones, there was a stretch where I think we all asked questions before anyone else. So there's like four pages, and they're all signed from the United <laughs> yeah, Explorers. Yeah. Stuff. I remember pointing that out, yeah. And at that point, that was the last time they included them. After we all did that, they said, nope, no more tags. Um, if you want to look at those Lawn Master archives, uh, my favorite ones are the one about Maelstrom Arena, the two about the Shadows of the Hist dungeons, and the Argonian lore in Murtmire. Those are just, I mean, they're all good, but those the ones Argonian are one was fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, reading through really, that. really good. <laughs> But the other, the other memory of Lawrence I have is, is fairly recent, which is the Summerfall event in Somerset. And if you go to ESO Live on the 21st of September 2018, you'll see that. And basically, he sat with, I think it was Gina, and they went around the places of interest in, in Somerset. And he told us a bit about the law of each one as they got there. And Gina did things like fall off board. That's what she does. <laughs> <laughs> And it was it was great, and yeah, that really really good memory. So yeah, definitely check out that ESO line. That's awesome. And uh, Alara, I'm looking at the notes here, and you have quite the lengthy. Um, it looks like a question attributed to yourself. Can you uh, give us some story on that uh, one? Yeah, I didn't put that in the notes, but basically, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that was one question that I um, I got answered. I um, asked about the Wilma the the fox race. And, um, yeah, basically didn't really get much of an answer. Like, yeah, they're gone. We don't know a lot about them. <laughs> the the but, classic non-answers. It's like, well, yeah, I have be, to respond. Right, to be but, fair, it was, yeah. Lady, it was Lady Laurent who replied. That's true. I mean, what does she know about anything? <laughs> <laughs> She's a terrible scholar. Yeah, I'm still sad that in the Argonian one, we didn't get the Red Brahmin question answered. <laughs> I thought of all the Lore Masters archives, you know, that would be the perfect one. Never gets uh, answered. Yeah, for those of you who aren't aware of it, basically it's that um, previously in the lore, Red Brahmin was basically described as the reason that um, Argonians disliked humans at first, because he and his parents went and invaded um, Black Marsh, and they were the first impression of humans. Um, but then in Legends, he's an Argonian. <laughs> so we've been trying to uh, figure out, you know, what's the actual canon? You know, is he Argonian or is he Imperial? And we've asked this for to both the Legends teams, and I submitted it as a question to that uh, Lore Master's archive, but sadly it didn't get answered. Like, nope, not touching this one. We don't know nope. what happened there. Some mix-up. So one day we'll yeah. find out the real Red Brandon. <laughs> I would love it if they were transcription just like, error, if you will. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, transcription error. We don't. Make, he, was, he wasn't. Yeah, that's funny. Oh man, yeah, AKB, so, do you have anything else? Uh, you want? Oh, Alara's got more. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I always uh, liked when he appeared in the ESO live episodes or in their videos. Um, I remember one of the Halloweens. He had dressed up as one of the costumes. Um, I think it was the Grim Harlequin motif. Oh, and my then, goodness! Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that one. And there was also one of the ESO Live episodes where uh, he did a Vivek impression with this uh, clear plastic blue uh, sheet. <laughs> the cellophane, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he crossed his legs and sat on the couch and insisted that he was floating. So <laughs> that was one of my Which, favorite moments. If he believed it to be true, then it was, right? Mm -hmm. That's how it works? 
Yeah. And um, I think Netfire <laughs> said it best when uh, we were talking to him at uh, PAX East. Everyone loves Lawrence. Yes. He just seems like such, like that almost like grandfatherly figure that just like, not that he's old, but just like that kind of like, you want to just I mean, sit there and listen to him tell stories. I mean, he is 119 years old. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he is. That so that's, <laughs> that's what Wikipedia told me, so it must be true. If you if you're not if you're not aware, uh, someone Google bombed Lawrence Schick so that his birth date appears as the year 1900 on Google. So whenever you Google Lawrence Schick age, it'll tell you he's approximately 119 years old. <laughs> yep. Uh, AKB, did you have anything additional you wanted to add into there? Uh. Were you uh, talking to me? Your mic cut out a little bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was wondering if you had anything else you wanted to add about memories of Lawrence or ESO lore that he's worked on. I mean, I remember him from the videos, but you guys talked about that a lot. What always stuck out to me was all the very in-depth writing he did that drew from a lot of very specific parts of the lore. Like, he would really get into each individual character's head and just go like, this is... A lot of in-depth on that and that's why i really liked out out of him he really brought light to a lot of different areas of the lore and this is the most clear stuff we can pinpoint and say this is what lauren Schick did for the series yeah so with that i was told i do have to make a mention of honorable mention for lawrence moments is his reading of good night mundus which I've actually never read, so I'm not going to click on the link right now because the link that we have in our show notes, I have not vetted, and I haven't heard it before, but can you guys verify that it's great? Yeah, or... I, I posted it. It's you right. posted it in there. Okay, good. I wasn't sure because I saw the green color in the show notes, so I wasn't quite sure if it was a safe one to click, but that's... Well, make sure I'll post that in the Twitch chat so people and leave it in the show notes, which I will be including. Oh, look at you. You're already faster than me. Um, I'm going to put it in the show notes so you'll be able to see it in the description uh, on YouTube or on the Twitch uh, videos on demand afterwards. So make sure to check that out later and you can watch that video. Everybody's just going to post that <laughs> and the lore on that. <laughs> Um, awesome. Well, that's our show for tonight. I do want to give a quick announcement that Cry Havoc will be hosting an EU version of this podcast. Uh, we were struggling to get the time zones to work properly. And since UESP is pretty split between kind of a half NA team, half EU, everywhere else in the world too, um, trying to get time zones to work that get everybody into a call at the same time is either we make Cry stay up well past his bedtime and just get super sleepy on the show. Um, or we're going to try having a second show where it's going to be a little bit more lore focused and kind of, they're going to dig into the lore of some of the topics and kind of dig down in there. Um, so that will be on the channel on Wednesday, the 13th of February at 8 PM GMT. Uh, if you don't know that time zone, I will let you do the math so that I don't butcher trying to figure out when that actually will be. <laughs> 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Or wait, was it a.m. or p.m. that they are doing at their time? P.m. P.m. Okay, so yeah, that's 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time then for the U.S. Awesome. So it's 3 p.m. Eastern time. Cry Havoc will be hosting it. Uh, I believe there will be a number of guests from the UESP. So with that, I'd like to say goodbye. Uh, we'll go around and find out where you can see everybody. So, Alara, where can people find you? 
Um, you can find me on the OUSB uh, Discord wiki from Alara there um, or Twitter. Currently, um, my handle is underscore Alara underscore. <laughs> um, yeah, still thinking of changing that. I <laughs> should do that, so I'm to say that each time. Yeah. Uh, or else on Twitch, if I can get OBS working, I'm Alara here as well. We'll work on that. We'll get that yep. up and running by the next couple of weeks here. Cool. And Baratron, how about yourself? Mostly you can find me on ESO, um, at Baratron. Nice and easy. And also on the Discord. Um, I mean, yes, you can find me on the wiki, but I, I imagine <laughs> I imagine it's, it's easier to find me on Discord. Uh, I also, about five years behind everybody else, I just made a Tumblr account. But somebody already took Baratron. Oh. It's Baratron mm. Girl. I have a Tumblr account solely for the reason that nobody steals my name. I've never once used it for anything, but it's just there to like park my name so that I. Yeah, I've I've never used it. (laughs) I should start doing that with all each new. uh, You know, even if I don't think I'm ever going to use the social media, I should just just get on. No, how dare there be a 30 year old Brazilian girl with my name? No, no. (laughs) yeah, and um, yeah, I hope to take over just playing Alara at some point because I did find that. A person who used it actually has a different account that she actually uses. Oh. So maybe send a message um, over and. Well, yeah, I tried. Yeah, I don't think she's seen it or didn't respond. But I, <laughs> maybe Twitter because I've seen that you know if you have a brand or something, they'll sometimes allow you to take over an active account. So yep. since she has one that she is using, maybe I can actually just be playing Alara at some point. <laughs> but yeah, it's taught me my lesson that if I want to keep my name, I should probably join stuff earlier. <laughs> yep. Uh, AKB, how about yourself? Where can we find you? You can find me all over the UESB social media conglomerate or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we have not created a word for it. Uh, beyond there, I'm also on our Discord and the actual wiki. I am occasionally play ESO. Uh, I do try to still play it. I've been playing it on PS4, though, so no one's in our guild has seen me because I didn't join our uh, <laughs> PS4 version of the guild. Beyond there, uh, that's probably it for now. Uh, that said, though, uh, since we're splitting the show into two groups to make it more convenient, now we need to do like an anniversary episode where we get 30 people calling in. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, we'll have a big like uh, bringing the band back together show. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. just got to find the right time. time yeah. <laughs> It'll have to be at like 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning to get everybody in there and everyone will just be miserable and tired. It'll be fantastic. I like this idea. We'll just do a big Google Hangout with it. Cool. Well, I'm Pylon, the host of the show. You can always find me on the twitch.tv slash UESP uh, every Monday night at 9 p.m. I think it's what we're settling on for the show time. So you can find us here. Uh, you can find me basically on any of our social media uh, at Pylon for Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, anything you can think of. I probably have the handle there. Um, and I'm also pretty active in the Discord. So make sure you check out our Discord, which is discord.gg slash UESP. Uh, If you join us there, it'd be a lot of fun to have you there. And that's it for tonight. So on behalf of the UESP team, I want to say good night and enjoy your explorations. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. So long.